0: welcome to the readerly report your hosts are gail weisswasser and nicole Bonilla. we hope you will enjoy our candid book conversations recommendations and observations on the reading life thanks so much for joining us okay so welcome to another edition of the readerly report Today, we are doing part two of our September, well, not September, but fall book releases because we couldn't get to all of ours last time. So as usual, we'll start the show off with uh, me asking Gail what she's been reading lately. Ah, okay.
1: So I am about to finish Maggie O'Farrell's memoir, I Am, I Am, I Am.
0: Ooh, how is that?
1: It's really good. And it's funny, I'm about, I'm doing it on audio and I'm like five minutes from the end and I'm finding that the last, the very last chapter is Mm -hmm. the most important of them all. So I feel like I don't even want to, you know, I feel like I need to finish the last five minutes before I can truly weigh in on this book. But um, it is about 17 brushes with death that Maggie O'Farrell has experienced in her life. Ranging from um, a you know very precarious childbirth she had with with her oldest son to an autoimmune disease that she was born with to encephalitis and a whole number of things and um, the last chapter you know what I won't even I won't even say what the last chapter is because I feel like the last chapter sort of changes the whole perspective of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's she's just such a amazing writer i don't know if you've read any of her stuff did you read esme lennox or
0: instructions for heatwave or i haven't read anything by her i feel like she's one of these people who is on my list and i've gotten recommendations um to read her work i think i got someone really recommended inst- was it instructions for heatwave yeah
1: pretty sure i read that one um She's just a really, really good writer, and when you start to see all the things that she's been through in her life, just, I don't know, you have even more respect for her. So, uh, I like it a lot. I recommend it. It's not terribly long, so if you're looking for, uh, you know, a good memoir to pick up, that'll go fast. This is a good one. I did read Instructions for Heat Wave, and I don't remember it that much, but...
0: Was it about rich people at all? I feel like someone gave me that a recommendation.
1: No, it isn't. it's about uh, it's about a dysfunctional family. It's funny. I'm reading the reading my review of it, and I don't remember anything about this book at all. I read it like five years ago. Um, what is going
0: on? I feel like there's so many books i was I've been going through my Goodreads, and I was looking at 2018 because I want to start thinking about like I'm starting to put my books into piles in terms of trying to sort them out and figure out which were the books that were really memorable and that I enjoyed? What didn't I enjoy so much? So sort of separating the wheat from the chaff, but I did go back and look at 2017 and some of what I read in 2016. And I have to tell you that there are some books that I have no memory of. Yep. So I, you know, one of my projects over the coming years is going to be starting to compile a list of books that I really love that I, thought I loved <laughs> that I'm kind of fuzzy on now and to start revisiting some of those because there's some books that I will say in a heartbeat like oh my god I love that book or whatever and now I realize that I don't even really remember it that much yeah uh I, I think that's when you go back in years when you read as
1: much as you do I mean how much right space in your brain is there for all the plot lines of every book
0: you've ever read probably I'm probably well yeah I definitely know that I purge the ones that aren't so great, but even, you know, when there's hundreds of ones that were really good, I guess you have to start purging some of those too.
1: Yeah. Well, I liked the instructions for heatwave based on my review. And I also liked the vanishing act of Esme Lennox based on my review from 2010. So I would definitely recommend picking up some of her books. And I think you could start with her memoir. Obviously it's a very different type of book, but it's really good.
0: Do you think that you will go back and reread any of her books?
1: Probably not. <laughs> Just I do that so rarely. Probably not.
0: Onward and upward. Yeah.
1: Um and then as far as the book I'm reading, this is one that we talked about in our last episode that Sarah from Sarah's bookshelves had talked about, called A Place for Us by Fatima Farhin Mirza. Mm-hmm. And oh my god, is this a slow book? I it's good but it is so slow. And I just emailed my book group and was like, you know, we need to pick a date. And I said, this book is really slow. And everybody wrote back and said, Oh my God, I thought it was just me. I thought I was distracted by the beginning of the year and school and craziness. I don't understand why I can't get through this.
0: It's really slow. It's so dense. I feel like that's a good, um, tip or observation to give to a book club, to pick something, to pick a psychological thriller or something that's sort of, very compelling because you have so much going on to that you can get. You yeah, know, like maybe September is a special time of the year. Yes. I started reading it too in anticipation of whenever we decide that we're going to discuss it on the show. And I know um, since you're reading it with your book group, I'm really enjoying it. But how far really, into it are you? I'm not that far in. I'm probably only about 40 pages in, but I do recognize it's definitely a book that I would read with something else or. It works for me to read it when I'm really busy and to give yourself enough time to read it. I'm actually reading it for a book club that I'm meeting with on Thursday. So I'm probably going to have to pick up a pace because it is sort of like, for me, I really like the book and I really like the writing and getting to know the characters. But it's not something that I will sit and read 100 pages. It's more like, oh, I read 10, 15 pages. That was kind of interesting. I'm looking forward to getting back to it. But it's not like, oh my god, I have to pick this up to see what's going right. to happen next. Like it's more like a saver type book. Yeah. And unfortunately, the stage
1: I'm in right now, just some craziness happening here. That uh, is probably not the type of book I should be reading right now. Like I need something right. that like I that right. I can't get a I can't wait to get back to. Because right. this one is it's just hard. Yeah. So, we'll see.
0: Okay, so I've went on that I'm also, you know, I've started reading that in anticipation of these conversations that we have coming up. So yeah, if people want to pick it up and be prepared for our discussion, and, or um, if you're reading it or have read it and have any questions that you want to ask us, definitely get in touch. Yes. So I think the only thing that we've said about it before is that it's sort of like a family saga, but having starting. To read it now, it is told from multiple points of view. Um, It is, the beginning of it is at this Muslim, I want to say it's like a Muslim Indian wedding. And we have um, sort of like the return of the prodigal son. uh, His sister has invited him to her wedding. And I think he hasn't seen his family in three years. So we're sort of very slowly getting to know the family and getting some flashbacks on what their childhoods were like. And it was it's told from the perspective, I believe, of the mother, the sister who invites um, the prodigal son to the wedding, because I don't remember any of their names right now. And Hadia uh, and Huda. And the brother, right. Amar, Hadia. yeah. Hadia, Huda, and Amar. So, good but slow. Yeah, good but slow is right. So, and then, of course, you will hear Here our final verdict. It seems like I'm more settled and more can read 25 to 50 pages of it at a time and just sort of savor it um, as opposed to you, Gail. Right. (laughs) Right. So is that all you're reading? Do you think you'll add anything else to the mix? Did you guys decide on a date? No, I think we're going to do it's like two
1: weeks or maybe three weeks from now. So I'll have enough time to do it. Um, I need a new audiobook, and what I was thinking of uh, adding to my phone
0: is a book that you have on your to-do, your to-read list, which is How to Love a Jamaican. Oh, yeah. I really want to read. Oh, you know, there's so many good books. I picked that up over, I went to a a Random House event over the summer, which was really cool because I won a big bag of Mario Badescu skincare products. Oh, nice. Anything. But I won that, um, and... I think I bought a copy of that book there because they also have books for purchase and that was one of the books that I could not wait to get my hands on. That and then there is a retelling, there's a Pride and Prejudice retelling um of the story of Mary Bennett. Oh Mary B. Yeah, that's also yeah. on
1: my that's also on my audio. I could pick between those two. Oh. I think I'm gonna do I think I got um How to Love a Jamaican at um speed dating. Really?
0: Yeah. Oh.
1: I'm pretty sure that's where I got it. Nice. Yeah. I was really excited about that book, and then I read some reviews, and they were a little lukewarm. Really? Yeah.
0: Maybe it was too slow for them. I don't know. (laughs) You can (laughs) only hope. Get into a nice, slow Pride and Prejudice remake. I mean, from what I was able to see, it looked like she did a good approximation of sort of the language and the feel of the period. And that's just, that was just from like a quick skim of the first couple of chapters. But so we'll have to, we'll have to read those sooner and later so we can see. Yes, for sure. Uh,
1: okay. So let's get into the remaining, the back half of our uh, books we're excited about for fall 2018. So last time I think we each shared about five books and I've got four more to cover today. Um, why don't you start with yours? Cause you may have more than I do.
0: I don't think I have more than what you have. What I do have is some reading updates, but yeah. So I'll start with my list and then we can, if we have time, we'll go back and I'll, I'll let you know about some books I finished. Okay. So, um, one of the first things I have like a lot, well, not a lot. This is, My list this week, I feel, is heavy nonfiction. And one of the first books I have on my list is Know Your Value, Um, Women, Money, and Getting What You're Worth. And it's by Minka Brzezinski. And she is, I think she's the host of a show on MSNBC. I'm not sure which one. Morning Morning, Joe. Morning Joe. Yep. Have you heard, do you watch Morning Joe?
1: I don't, but I know her. Um, She's sort of a... DC, a DC personality. Um, her father was a big new Brzezinski who was, I don't remember exactly his title. He was a big foreign policy guy here. Mm-hmm. Um, and she, as you're probably about to talk about, famously negotiated her salary. Um, and she has a lot of advice about negotiating your salary and fighting for your value. And I'm sure that's what you're going to get into now.
0: So yeah, I picked this up at Book Expo. It is super conversational, and I felt like it gave good tidbits for advice. And this was something I was coming up in, I guess, gatherings that I've had with friends, you know, whether it's over dinner or book club, you know, women just talking about difficult experiences they're having in their workplaces and not being valued. And how do you have those conversations? So what I really love about her book is that, you know, whether you decide to Any of her approaches are for you. The fact that she talks to a variety of different women. And it makes sense that you're saying that she is so um, that this is her topic and she is so politically connected because a lot of the women that she mentions, you know, they're sort of like um, Valerie Jarrett, you know, just very Mm -hmm. high caliber women talking about how they face down whatever difficulties and have been able to excel and get what they want. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I, I always think it's important to just, like I said, whether you use all of the techniques, whether you're comfortable or not, to just start having these conversations and realizing that there are approaches that you can use. At one of my book clubs, it was really interesting because we started talking about this conversation with one of the women who was having issues and she was able to after listening, you know, to advice and getting some support, was able to make some changes for her situation that really worked. And I just, the, the style of this book is just so refreshing and easy to read. I haven't finished reading it. I think I read like a chapter and it just sort of rocketed its way up to books that I wanted to read this fall. So I'm going to be definitely finishing that and I will report back. Oh, that's great. Um... So what did
1: he got? Okay, so there's a book that I picked up at Expo. I think you, and this may have been a Buzz book. It's called There Will Be No Miracles Here, a memoir by Casey Gerald. Did we get that at, at um, the Buzz books? Um, that sounds familiar. Okay, so it's about, and it's funny, I've read these the description of this book a gazillion times and I still feel like I don't really understand what it's about, but it's still intriguing to me. So I've read a bunch of descriptions of this and I still feel like I don't quite have a handle on what it's about, but he's, um, he grows up in Texas and he goes off to Yale. He's recruited to play football at Yale and he kind of enters this new world, you know, this like secret societies and rich people and power and all this stuff at Yale. And he starts to see the world differently because he sees this kind of like elite versus the rest of the world. And it's, it says it's a, a classic rags to riches tale, but it stands the American dream narrative on its head. And he thinks that like, he sort of feels like this, getting to the richest part of it is destroying society. So I, again, like, I can't really, I don't really know much about it. Um, the, the Goodreads reviews. There are very few so far, um, maybe because it's not coming out until October. Although it's like two weeks away, I would expect there to be more reviews here. Um, but I don't know. I, I picked this up and I've wanted to uh, I've wanted to read it, so that's on my list for the fall.
0: So another book on my list, which actually I think came out on September 11th, is Gary Steingart's new book, Lake Success. Oh, that's on mine too. Oh, good. Yeah, um, I probably have another one. So why don't you talk about it? Are you sure? I don't mind.
1: Yeah. But, okay. Well, so this is Gary Steingart's new book called Lake Success. And it is about a rich hedge fundy type guy who lives in new City, M- Manhattan, is married, and kind of has a, I guess, like a midlife crisis. And he <laughs> flees New York. In search of, On a bus. On a bus, <laughs> in search of his old college girlfriend, leaving his wife and autistic son behind. Um, I haven't read anything by him. I never read Super Sad Love Story. Me
0: either. Okay. The description was a little too weird for me. There was too much going on in it. Okay.
1: I got this also at Book Expo, and I waited in line and picked this up, and he was very entertaining, and... This got an amazing review in the Washington Post. So, um, I I'm excited to give this one a try. What is, what is drawing you to it?
0: I was really interested in this book and it's this is really curious to me because I, you know, this guy the main character in this book, he is a hedge hedge fund manager. He is I think he's a Republican. So this is kind of interesting to me because Gary Steingart is not like this book, and I just read an interview with him where he talks about interviewing and hanging out with these types of people in order to write this character. So it's interesting to me that the Washington Post really loves it, which I would think would be sort of more liberal and anti-hedge fund. Hmm. Um, so it's just interesting to read a book that's from about someone whose political views and maybe lifestyle choices you don't agree with from that perspective mm-hmm. and it being lauded in, in a liberal post. I mean, I know writers do a lot of research to bring their characterizations to life, but it's just sort of interesting to see such glaring dissonance. And so I'm curious to see how he portrays his character and what are the takeaways from it. Yeah, me too. Uh,
1: okay, well, so back to you.
0: So going back to me, Joyful. The Surprising Power of Ordinary Things to Create Extraordinary Happiness. And um, this book is by Ingrid. I can't write. Ingrid Lee. You can't read what I wrote for her middle name. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this book is by Ingrid Lee, and it's all about how, you know, we're always told to go inside for happiness. You know, that's a big thing, and I do think it's important, but she is talking about the importance of crafting your environment so that you are able to be happier to like, I guess, use it to hack happiness because there are, she talks about the things that always draw our attention, whether it's beautiful fireworks, colorful balloons, flowers, and just how can we incorporate things into our environment that will naturally help us to find ways to be happier. Um, And I'm all about that. I'm all about environmental stuff and little things that you can do and take pleasure in to enhance happiness. So I'm looking forward to reading her tips.
1: Yeah, that sounds good. Kind of Marie Kondo-esque in that there are, it puts self-improvement very much in your control or like life improvement. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So my next one, and I'm going to guess that this could possibly be on your list, is Leanne Moriarty's Nine Perfect Strangers. Do you have that mm-hmm. one? hmm yes. You do? Oh, that's so funny. Well, we're both big fans of hers. So this is her latest book. This is Leanne Moriarty of Big Little Lies and Husband's Secret and What Alice Forgot and A Million Other Books' Fame. Right. And her latest one, it takes uh, nine people, pulls them together at a remote health resort. So people who are going to some, I assume, fancy spa type place to deal with some health issue or another. And they are um, all like their lives become interconnected. And um, it's all about like how they, I guess their secrets in that that come out while they're together and how they, uh, you know, interact while they're there, I guess. I don't even really know what it's about, but I just know it's her. And that sounds like a good premise. So it makes me want to read it.
0: Leanne Moriarty is interesting because she always, she, all of her books that she's written have an element sort of like of the locked room mystery where you are given a certain number of people, something happens, and one of these people is responsible. She did it with truly Um, not. She did it with Big Little Lies. Because mm-hmm. basically it is the people in the school and the parents who are suspected of the crime. Mm-hmm. And it has to be one of them. She also did it in Truly Madly Guilty because in that one she has two couples who attend a picnic. And something happens during the course of this picnic and you sort of have to figure out how they are connected, and who's responsible for what happens. I didn't like Truly Madly Guilty. I thought it was just too unrelentingly grim. It was just about this toxic friendship, and I just didn't have any tolerance for it. This sounds really interesting to me just because there's going to be nine people involved, so I feel like whatever toxic elements that are present, present will be greatly diluted by the fact that there are Nine different people that you're following instead of just you know a very intense foursome. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to what the mystery will be. And you know her mysteries are really interesting because what whatever is at the heart of her mystery are usually super domestic, and I want um, I almost want to say banal. You know, like really about how the little things in life can. Can um, precipitate such big events. Yeah, she does that very well. Yeah,
1: she's a good storyteller.
0: She is. I'm sure. I'm sh- well. This is book. I want. I want to say that it's already been optioned. <laughs> oh, I'm sure it has. It's probably <laughs> optioned before she typed the first word. Right. They just said she handed in the title, and they said, "Oh, we'd like to. We'd like to make this into either a book or a mini mini series." Yeah. Um, I don't know. I think that might be... I think that we sort of knock each other's choices out. (laughs) I think I I have one more. You do? Okay, good. Um,
1: I have one that actually, on our last episode, Sarah mentioned that she did not like, called Ordinary People by Diana Evans. This is another one I got at Book Expo. And this is a book about two couples in London who are you know, 30-something, I guess, friends. And they, I think one couple is, a par- they're parents of a young kid, and the other one, I'm not sure if they have kids yet. And it's just about these two couples and how they relate to each other. I believe they're both African-American. And um, I don't know. I thought it sounded good. Sarah didn't like it. She, she gave up on it after like 3% because she said it opened with a party that sounded pretentious. So the writing turned her off and she didn't want to read it.
0: Uh, I'll give it a little bit more of a chance. I mean, I've been to pretentious parties.
1: (laughs) Sure. Well, I'm not sure it was the party that was pretentious or the writing that was pretentious, but she was not happy. All right. Did you want to talk about some books that you've recently finished?
0: Um, I had a few books. I feel like I haven't talked in a while about, and, and they've been piling up because we talked about celebrity book clubs. And so I have a few things that I've read that I did not report back on. Okay. I think I had mentioned that I was reading Bad Blood. And it's by John Kararu. I don't know if you would have any interest in this, Gail. I thought this was, I mean, this was just such a fascinating story. And I think with um, the people that he was able to interview and work with, it's just... He was able to do such a good job in telling the story um, of Theranos, which is the company that was started by Elizabeth Holmes. Right. And um, there is so much about this because, you know, a lot of what Theranos was doing was trying to engineer something that would be able to run a bunch of different biological lab tests with just using a couple of pinpricks of blood and... Elizabeth Holmes was sort of obsessed with this. And one of the reasons that the company failed was it was just so hard to run the tests that needed to be run with such a little amount of blood and she was just sort of she just would not make any kind of negotiations with that. But he does a good job in in explaining these, you know, the blood tests, the different blood tests that were involved. The different points where they were working on, you know, particular machinery and what promises that she was making, Um, basically Safeway, the Safeway CEO had a deal with her. They were supposed to have stores in Walgreens. I mean, just the, I, I don't even know what to call it. Just the nerve that she had to charge forth with such plans in a medical field when she had some you know, equipment that didn't work is just amazing. And that she got so much money and that her company was worth $9 billion. It is crazy, you know, at one point. So he just does a really good job of too of showing the revolving door of people who were checking in and out. And he does it with humor. Like he is so snarky. There's just some lines and descriptions that made me laugh out loud, or I just had to to call my mother and read them to her. It's just like, oh my gosh. Um, How does she, how does she come across? Well, that is one of the things about her is she comes across as sort of cold and controlling. Unfortunately, you really, I mean, because she doesn't participate in this book in any way, you really don't get a firsthand picture of her. In a sense, I would feel like that's the part that I would say I was missing, you know, like, what was she doing with all of this money? Like, how do you how do you spend your time in the office? Like, was she sitting in the office just coming up with ways to to lie about this or like what was going on in her head? Which, of course. Yeah. So he pulls a lot of of. investigative journalism together in terms of, you know, the people who acted as whistleblowers and all of the litigation that was against her and the moving pieces. Unfortunately, you really don't get a sense of the personal, but you can, you can sort of look around for that, dig around for it. You know, if you go back and of course, Google will show you Mm -hmm. images and you can look at interviews and stuff. Um, but it's just a fascinating book. I think any of these books, like the Bernie Madoff books, um, the people that get involved, and the hubris. I think some a lot of this stuff goes undetected for so, so long just because of the reputations of the people involved. No one wants to admit being swindled and the, the large amounts of money. Yeah. My God. So, but really interesting. I also fit, get, finish Megan Abbott's Give Me Your Hand. Okay. I don't think that this was her best work. I feel like I've enjoyed other books that she's written more, but this was, you know, it's a pretty good read. It's about two scientists who knew each other back in their past. They don't let anyone know that they know each other, but one um, has let the other in on a very big secret. And, you know, so one of them has tried to run and escape this secret. It is a pretty huge secret. And it's all about what is happening when they are both competing to work with the same scientist. Like uh, there's a prestigious prize that they're trying to uh, be on her team. And so of course, all of these secrets and the things from the past come tumbling out to some dramatic events. Um, it was a little slow in some places. Yeah, it was a little slow in some places. I've liked other of her works Better. The thing that's interesting about Megan Abbott is that usually the seed of whatever novel that she's writing has come from some true life crime. Like when she was writing about gymnastics, she was really into the into the competitive gymnastics and she did a lot of research in terms of women and you know, the things that you have to go through in order to get your body to stay a certain way, how competitive it is, the stage mother. So she has a lot of stuff that's sort of interesting and informing her stories this one is based on um hmm. actually I do not even well I would say that this is a spoiler to say this but it was widely reported that this was based on a real crime that took place but I'm not going to tell you what the crime is like if you're interested in reading this book then you can read it and discover it as you're reading it and you can also google it to see what she's based her last book on But I think that for whatever reason, um, some of the dynamics from that crime, you know, and maybe because it's adults, because I I just feel like with teenagers and with teenagers and their parents, she does an excellent job. This one was more centered in the adult world. And I don't know that it was, you know, 100% successful, but it was still an interesting read. So if you like Megan Abbott, you should definitely check it out. Okay. Well, you've been busy. I have been busy. So we've given you a lot of um, new books that are coming out or will be coming out in the next couple of weeks. So you can get your library hold list ready. You can pre-order them or, or you can even start reading because a number of the books that we have mentioned are already out. And until next time, happy reading.
1: Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Readerly Podcast. You can find issues of Readerly at ReaderlyMag.com, and you can find me, Gail, blogging at every day I write the book, which is at EverydayIWriteTheBookBlog.com, and Nicole at Linus's Blanket, which is linusblanket.com. Please subscribe to the Readerly Podcast at iTunes or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Until next time, keep reading.